0: Hello, everyone. Uh, Welcome to episode 10.5 of 15 Minutes. This is the director's cut of episode one, John Hodgman. The cut part involves the editing out of a rather substantial, roughly recorded, impromptu Judge John Hodgman meetup that You can still hear if you go back to the very first episode one, but we didn't think really fit with the other nine episodes. But you can be the judge of that. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the coming weeks and months, we'll have everyone from some really interesting people you've never heard of to Eugene Merman And Jessica Abel, and fiction writer Sarah Jaffe, and author Daniel Oppenheimer, and director Penny Lane, and a whole bunch more. Stick around.
1: I'm recognized for the work that I do, which is tremendous, and less so for my my being associated with a larger world of celebrity that people want to be a part of, and. That didn't have to happen. I miss it, right? But I also appreciate, in order to maintain, and cultivate, and increase that level of fame, mm-hmm. it would have required a lot more work on fame than I was interested in.
0: That. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: And I would think that because
0: we, we're different. I don't crave that kind. Of, but I would think, in, like say, in your neighborhood,
1: you wouldn't want in Brooklyn. Why? I don't know, because I don't want people Would to... Don't you like getting free drinks and tables at restaurants? That's
0: true. I do... This is 15 Minutes, a podcast about fame. I'm Jamie Berger, and this is about (laughs) take 30 of my intro to our very first episode. So I'm going to get through this baby and drop episode one. Author Michael Joseph Gross begins his book Starstruck when a fan gets close to fame by recounting a conversation he had with Ray Bradbury who tells Gross about how, when he was 13, his family moved from Illinois to Hollywood, where Bradbury became an autograph hound. He would hang around outside Paramount Studios with the older, grown-up autograph hounds and hound celebrities for autographs. Bradbury tells Gross, I was standing outside the walls of Paramount Studios when I was 13 years old, and I had a dream that I would jump over the wall and land inside and write a picture. Gross goes on to tell us that 20 years later, the dream had come true. Bradbury had written the script for John Huston's Moby Dick and found himself on the other side of those very same cordons at the premiere, where he spied many of those same collectors he had known as a kid. Bradbury went over to his old friends and asked them if they remembered him, which they did. They proceeded to ask him what he was up to now, and then, Bradbury tells Gross, I got very embarrassed and didn't want to tell them. There was this chasm that had opened up between us, between what we had done together, what they were doing now, and what I was doing now. And I said, I worked on the screenplay. And they said, did you type it? Were you in the stenographer's department? And I said, no. I wrote the screenplay. And a strange and magical thing happened. Suddenly all their hands shot out, and there were half a dozen autograph books in front of me, and someone handing me a pen. I had crossed the border. I was not collecting autographs. I was giving my first ones. It made me cry. I had made it over the wall. But none of those other people had made it over the wall. Thank you, Ray Bradbury and Michael Joseph Gross, for this perfect anecdote to start off 15 minutes. The book, again, is starstruck, and it's a great read, especially if you happen to be interested in the topic of this podcast. On 15 minutes, we'll hear from people on all different parts of that journey. People on the far side of the wall who are famous or semi-famous, People who've climbed over, haven't liked what they've seen, and climbed right on back, never to return. People who've struggled over and been chucked unceremoniously back. People who've avoided fame like the plague. Those who've craved it their whole lives. Others who are just now starting to clamber up and over the wall. And we'll also hear from some teenagers who are still deciding whether to even approach it. Why do we care about this wall? Or, if you don't care about it, please consider giving us a call to tell us how you manage that trick. Why do I want to talk about it in a podcast? Why do I think you'll want to listen? I'm going to just let those questions sit for now. My first guest is John Hodgman. You may know him as a correspondent on The Daily Show, as the author of several compendia of dubious knowledge, as the personification of a PC from the Mac ads, as the proprietor of the Judge John Hodgman podcast, or maybe from way back in the day from his McSweeney's online column, John Kellogg Hodgman, former literary agent, which is where I first got to know him or you may not know him at all. We recorded this conversation on Labor Day weekend 2014 as John was coming to the end of a New England summer vacation at his family home when he had scheduled a casual meetup of the Justice Club of his podcast at the Rendezvous in Turner's Falls, Mass., a bar-restaurant I co-own. The meetup was in part, as he put it, to get back in shape for being famous as he headed back to work for fall in New York. It was a one-day celebrity spring training, if you will. I've got a ton more to tell you about. (laughs) The podcast, the website, the blog, the 15-minute hotline you can call and leave your story, thoughts, feedback, or whatever you like, but any of which might end up here on the show if you want to burn a few seconds of your quarter hour of fame uh, by being on here. For now, though, I'm going to stop and give you episode one of 15 minutes it was recorded in a crowded bar so please pardon the ambience welcome to 15 minutes on that. Oh okay. <laughs> so Which one of
1: those John. Yes. This is John Hodgman yes. speaking to you from Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. Yes. What is your claim at to the fame? rendezvous? I am a I am a somewhat famous minor television personality, author, uh, comedian, actor uh, mustache owner, former professional literary agent. And, yes, that's where I first. And part time resident of Western Massachusetts.
0: I, we were first in contact when you were a former literary agent. Is that so? I was running a sports website and I wrote to you because I'd been reading the column and said, Would you like to write about sports? And you wrote back saying you know nothing about sports and you'd be delighted. But I don't think I ever pushed you further on that. I don't
1: think I don't think you did, Jamie. Yeah. I'm not sure that I remember that. That was encounter. a long. That was because I remember meeting you at the at the Bookmill.
0: I was in San Francisco back when that
1: was. happening. That oh, was okay. when my
0: previous life. You met look, Anya and I, my wife and I, met at your first
1: reading at the book mill. at the at the uh, at the Bookmill yeah. when 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 we met through Sarah and Matthew at the Lady Killigrew at that yeah. time. Yeah. And I was going to the Lady Killigrew to hang out because it was the coolest place to hang out. And there you were, and I think you introduced yourself to me and it must have been yeah. in the context, in the of, context having of the context of the weird we had just emailed before, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Wow. And uh, yeah, at that time at that time you were the most famous person at the Lady Killer Group. At the Lady Killer Group. He was like, There's that guy again, that's the Lady Killer Group guy. Ah, I gotta I gotta I I gotta up my game a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And I was working on I I may have been working on my book or maybe the year after my first book came out when I was in grad school. Around.
0: This, all this rendezvous had not yet even and that, yep. been a twinkle in the eye. So
1: that's how we know each other. Yes. Well, there you go. Yes. So,
0: I've, I've told you the basic concept behind what I'd what I like to do, Pain. and that is to talk to people with some experience with it, and just anyone, plumbers, people
1: I know, because I think it's a topic that warrants discussion. Well, you meet me here in the midst of my uh, yes, Judge John Hodgman yes. Pioneer Valley Justice Club yes. meetup. Uh, I I had long ago promised to hold a meetup for listeners to my podcast, yeah. Judge John Hodgman. I finally paid it off on over Labor Day weekend. And you seem, you know, as far as the showing
0: up for report people report who know you from the radio, report, you know, re- wrestling with that. I always
1: you seem very comfortable and yeah. Well, here's the benefit of, of fame. It, it, was not, it was not something that I necessarily sought out, although I think anyone who's involved in the arts, you know, obviously wants to make something that connects with an audience. Yes. And so knowing that it does connect with an audience is extremely gratifying and deeply surprising mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're doing yeah. anything honest. They had a Josh for me. Um, will be but the the nice time. thing yeah, but Charlie. you know and I had a few people who would write me emails mm-hmm. from time to time when I was just writing for the internet, for example. Yeah. Jamie yes. being one of them. And that was always really exciting. And writing for the writing for the McSweeney's website was uh, a, a, an incredible thing because it was the first time I appreciated that there was an audience of humans out there who were responding to what I did, and more literally responding, like they were literally writing back. Yeah, you know, and 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 that kind of immediate feedback from creative work was something that uh, only happened prior to the internet on stage I think. otherwise you would put your stuff out there and it would disappear and maybe someone would say something to you once or whatever but now i had people arguing with me people yeah. playing jokes with me emailing back and forth as i answered their questions about publishing and i and i realized that this is um this is a a a, a very uh, potent way to keep me creative um, because you, B, you become addicted to that kind of response you want to you want to get more of it so you want to put more out so that people will give you, give you back more. I agree. And, uh, and, you know, the, that, the, the, the nice part about thing, things really changed once I went on television. And that largely happened by accident. I was promoting a book and, mm-hmm. I, and, and I went on The Daily Show and they asked me to come back and do more comedy. And once you're on TV, there's a whole other aspect of, you know, people who are approaching you... Not because they're familiar with your work at all, but because they recognize you right. from their own living room. Right. And then the ads. and you're appearing in, in, in the ads in you particular, know. the Apple ads. You know, suddenly you're appearing before them, someone from their own living room, like a ghost in, in their everyday life. Yeah. And that was that's that was a little bit different, and uh, uh, and, and in, in many ways a different level of. Um, addictive pleasure comes out of that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I I'm more in my, for myself, I feared that. And I've always wanted, you know, when I've had a blog or when I've had whatever, is, is the, the feeding on people actually. I don't make stuff for my own. It's not a journal I'm writing. I, I want feedback and feedback feeds you. But I
1: want to hear Emily. But
0: the recognized thing, I mean, even being, the guy who owns The Rendezvous in Franklin County is a little bit...
1: i not into it, but whatever. You know, you I wouldn't do me. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks again. Safe trip back. Thank you. What's her podcast? Uh, you can, Stuff You edit. Missed in History Class. Okay, check it out.
0: But uh, I've always craved the, you know,
1: interactive... In, fa- in fact, there goes famous Tracy, yeah. host of Stuff You Missed in History yes. Class. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, you called her that earlier. Yeah, because we, we, we met... We met before, but we first became friends on the Jonathan Colton um, cruise. On the cruise, and uh, and she was asking a question about, you know, what's what's it like to be famous? Yeah. And I think we were all a little embarrassed by it because everyone who was performing on that cruise, with the arguable exception of me, because I had been on a television show that I had nothing to do with. Um, were all known only for work that they had put out into the world without the benefit of any major media. Yeah. You know, like just putting stuff out onto the internet. And so the reality was that everyone everyone in the audience was as famous as we were. You know, we were if we were famous at all, it was yeah. maybe just a step above. And even I am recognizable only because uh, you know John Stewart, <laughs> I'm glad to say. Gave my work a vote of confidence and put yeah. me on his air.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so then we started referring to Tracy as famous Tracy, and it just stuck. And she has become in and a she's way famous, gonna, as I, famous. i will, Tracy I will. I will drop that, her a line within that community to,
0: to discuss that with. Yeah. her. Well, it's strange that it's a celebrity cruise. What? And you weren't. You but guys there weren't celebrities. Really, yeah. No. You're just.
1: And there really aren't celebrities that much anymore in the way that they're, they're in The way that there were. Little niche. Yeah. keto celebrities. In effect, we're all former professional literary agents now because we all are, you know, everyone's got a podcast. Not everyone, but if if you want to create something in the world, you have uh, uh, access to a worldwide audience via the Internet in a way that just wasn't possible 25 years ago. And people find their own people in this vast community of computer and cell phone users, and they develop their own little cultures of fame. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But I think the nice thing about that is when when you are known for what you put on the internet, that is because you are known for what you made, yeah. not for not for being associated yeah. with something yeah. even more, yeah. even more famous. Yeah. But even so, I mean, I, I don't want you to get me wrong. Like being recognized on. The subway or whatever for being, in the Apple ads or for being on the Daily Show or or on Board to Death or whatever, and people don't even know who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great. It is. Oh yeah. What, what, is, what does it feel like? Well, you know, as a as an as an artist, it feels good to be. To be recognized for your work as a narcissist, it right. feels great to be recognized for nothing. Interesting. <laughs> other than other than other than your existence, that's incredibly validating to an egomaniacal only child member of the member of the uh, worldwide um, super smart afraid of conflict narcissist right. club that is all only children.
0: See, because I, I I want to be recognized for my work, but when I'm recognized for like, like this even though, yes, I made well, this, this is the other people. Right. It doesn't feel like my work because I've never aspired to own a business and it just kind of happened. Right. And so I don't feel attached to it. So I feel like you're not really... You're, you're meeting and being excited to meet me, but I didn't do anything. And I, and you think I'm rich because of it, but I'm not. So yeah, I well, that, kind of I mean, like a... I just feel like a fraud all the time. I think... So it's, it's uh, Yeah, a, no,
1: I, I think, I think you, you... Lots and lots of people... Who are involved in the arts do feel like frauds all the time and the ones who don't are the true sociopaths who are the most successful I think mm-hmm. but I think that um, you know uh, uh, it, 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 is, it is I think fundamentally pleasurable in an infantile way to be adored by humans for, and the reason really doesn't matter mm-hmm. and uh, if you've been away let's say for the whole summer in remote yeah. corners of Maine yeah. and you've grown Embarrassing facial hair that makes you unrecognizable. I didn't recognize. And no, and no, and no one has said anything to you about yeah. fame for a while. Yeah. Then you might even force a bunch of strangers to meet you in a bar in order to
0: before you return to New York yeah, to get your to
1: to, to to in order to get
0: a fix, to get your fame mojo back.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. If, you know, the, that's the other thing is that it is it is a mojo that that comes and goes, yeah. and the number of people who. Used to approach me on the street after the app when the Apple ads yeah. were still in the air, versus now it's tr- declined yeah. dramatically. Uh, and they, and mean, the only benefit yeah. and the benefit of it is truly that the people who do ever approach me are people who know what I do. Right, because what you what
0: also I, don't look. You have the mustache now, even when you don't have this. You don't look like that guy so much anymore. Where people right. are going to be like, mm-hmm.
1: uh, but so it's p- but it's not. But that's not. You know, like I I may have. Unconsciously grown a mustache to sabotage my own fame. Sure. It did seem to coincide pretty well with a, with a, with a drop, <laughs> a, a drop, of in the number of uh, professorial and, and doctor roles that I was being offered. Interesting uh, and a slight uptick in the in the number of uh, uh, creep and uh, pedophile roles. Uh, but for the most part, uh, you know, my 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 fame, such as it is, is really. Um, matured it plateaued and if, if anything has sort of settled back to at a level a little bit of above where I where I was when I was just writing no. for the internet but not a, not a lot higher. I'm, I'm recognized for the work that I do which is tremendous and less so for my, my being associated with a larger world of celebrity that people right. want to be a part of and that didn't have to happen. I miss it right. but I also appreciate in order to maintain and cultivate and increase that level of fame, mm-hmm. it would have required a lot more work on fame than I was interested in.
0: That. Yeah, so. yeah. And I would think that because we, we're different, I don't crave that kind. Of, but I would think in, like say in your neighborhood, you wouldn't want that. in Brooklyn.
1: Why? I don't know because I don't want Wouldn't people. Don't you to like getting free drinks and tables at that's restaurants? That's
0: true. I do. It, I mean, I do when I've been. Yes, I go out with Eugene, and and things happen that are nice. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just. I, it, we'll see. I don't know what would happen if I ever experienced. it.
1: Um, you know, I, I think that uh, the only time the only time that I feel un, unha- Like, now that now that fame is truly. Settled into mild renown for me, and those people who would approach me. Did you say ultra now? No, mild renown. <laughs> my ultra now. My ultra now. Okay. okay. No, now that fame is mild renown. Now that right. what was arguably right. my fame, right, has really devolved into mild mm-hmm. renown, um, and really has settled around people who know me for the work that I put out into the world, whether it's my podcast or my books. Or mm-hmm. Well, you know other stuff that I do that's really mean yes yeah. there I have no I have no problem with it at all and in fact I'm very grateful and, and amazed that I get to I get to reach those people yeah you know, the, the judge John Hodgman podcast was really a chance to have meetups like this but virtually over the podcast you know with all kinds of people all around the country I really love that the only time that it is uncomfortable is when when I people Approach me because they, the very rare case where they don't see me as a human, but they see me as a conduit to a more interesting life for them. For them, in some way, yeah. That being, that taking a picture, stealing my image for a second, or talking to me might get them some excitement in their lives that they might not otherwise have, and that's always sad to me because everyone's lives is exciting in their own way. Yeah. And and or people who are trying to. You know, who have some illusion that by talking to me yeah. they're going to get somehow get to talk yeah. to the next famous person. Up the that's chain. what I
0: mean when, when, with the discomfort part. But there, you know, those yeah.
1: are, I guess I guess you're a little bit more open to creeps, but there are creeps everywhere. Yeah. The other thing is There's that uh, it takes me away from my children. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want, daughter? Yeah, we got to go. Okay. All right. That's how it is, everybody. Uh, John Hodgman, arguably famous minor television personality, signing. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, we gotta go. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This is fun.
0: And I quote, As an artist, it feels good to be recognized for your work. As a narcissist, it feels great to be recognized for nothing. John Hodgman. There you have it. Let the conversation begin. Please check out 15 minutes That's the number 1515 J A M I E B E R G E R dot com. For blog, pictures, words, updates, and where to find us elsewhere. Um, got a story? A fame story? Thoughts, comments, feedback, advice? We are just getting started here. Grab a small piece of your 15 minutes by calling the 15 minutes hotline and leaving a message at 872-215-6467. That number once again, 872-215-6467. Thank you so much, John, for helping get the ball rolling. Thanks to Ed Patnode for engineering, editing, and keeping me calm and helping me figure out all kinds of zany tech shit we're dealing with. Thanks to Anya Schutz, photographer, webmaster, logo designer, and patient supportive and super insightful wife thanks so much to the music makers the dreamers of the dream christian kundari at fishfin studios the music was mixed and mastered mastered we're just going to leave that there by nick zampiello new alliance east and thanks to matt savage for getting those people together and getting them on board even though he didn't want to credit here for some reason And last, besides you, thanks to Devin for the tag coming up at the end here. And now, thanks to you for listening. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, other places. And if you're feeling patron-like, on Patreon.com. Please, please subscribe, download, rate us on iTunes. It's super important, wicked helpful. It's the best thing you can do to help this keep going. This is fifteen minutes. I'm Jamie Burger.